James, we were so close to history. Both of our teams, less than an inning from a no-hitter. We'll break it down, plus our all-star ballots. Very exciting episode. Can't wait to get into it. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. on Thursday, June 16th, James, two days after Cardinals starter Miles Michaelis loses a no-hitter on a Cal Mitchell double with two outs and two strikes in the bottom of the ninth, and one day after Tyler Anderson loses a no-hitter with one out in the ninth inning to a Shohei Otani triple. It was brutal. I mean, (laughs) I'm still not quite over the Michaelis one. I'm sure you feel the same about your boy. Yeah, you know, in a weird way, it's it's nice that I guess you're in a worse position, or, or I guess not nice, but necessarily, you know, it's like I almost have sympathy for you while at the same time having a player lost that. I mean, that two strikes, you know, I'm texting you live, super exciting stuff, you know, sweating down to the wire, and I mean, it's one pitch, and even I would say that first called ball on that was, oh my God. was questionable either way, and that, that could have been huge. Uh, I mean, it was so brutal. I mean, yeah, I'd like, I don't want to make excuses like that, but that first curveball comes in top of the zone. He's kind of, they've been kind of getting that call all night. They call it a ball, gets to two strikes, and Cal Mitchell just rips one over Harrison Bader's head, who all of the, the Cardinal outfielders were playing in. They were trying to, like, prevent singles. And so, you know, if Harrison Bader can't get to that ball, like, really, I don't think anybody can. It was just a clean double. Totally brutal. Brutal. But what can you do? It was a great game. And it's funny, like, that game, you didn't even really realize there was a no-hitter going on for a while. I mean, like, you usually don't. Like, right, three, four innings, no hits. It's like, okay, whatever. But there were so many other storylines going on in that game. Like, Goldie had two home runs through two innings. Already gave a curtain call. Tommy Edmond hit a homer on the first pitch of the game. Cardinals were just, you know, tallying up the runs. Plus, the Pirates had a run, too. It was 9-1. to one, So, it might not be, like, immediately obvious that something special might be going on. But, man, like, you can't really get closer it, than that. It, it's as brutal as it gets, and I can almost guarantee it's about as bad as a win can ever feel. I mean, and an ass-kicking, too. Like, it's a great win. And honestly, I feel like that felt like three losses in one game if you're a Cardinals fan there. I know. I was, I was like, shaking, like, during the final batter, like, just praying he got it. And I don't know. You can almost tell, like, right off the bat that it was, it was well hit. It was going to be a tough play. And, God, and fucking, like, Cal Mitchell. Like, really, Cal Mitchell. Like, who even is that? It's so ridiculous. I was bummed. But, I mean, I mean, I. I've seen Cardinal Twitter was coming for his neck uh, for about 15 hours after that game, just constantly, you know, kind of like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And obviously, you know, his job's dead of baseball, but it's a, it is also an eight-run game. You know, it's like there's no way that you guys win that game. Um, but, 
you know, that that one's so tough. What's a crazy stat I heard is it's been the Cardinals have won two championships since their last no hitter, which is just insane to think about. Yep, last one last no hitter the Cardinals threw was in two thousand one. And obviously we've won the World Series in oh six and eleven. I mean, but like the Cardinals like Michael Walker, and I think it was twenty thirteen was an out from a perfect game, lost it. Michael Walker also had another no hitter that was lost in the eighth. Dakota Hudson's gone through seven. Wayno's gone through seven. It's just it, it has been a minute. It has been a minute since they've they've gone the distance. But I mean, what can you do? It's kind of there's so much luck involved in getting a no hitter. I mean, obviously you've got a pitch grade, but you you need the balls to be hit to the right places too. Yeah, I mean it it just shows you how rare it is though that we got back to back once that came so close and it's like, you know, it's twenty seven outs. It's it's never guaranteed once you get past the seventh or anything like that. But it is crazy that it's like specifically our teams, our favorite two teams back to back days got like the cuck no hitter. Like both made it into the ninth <laughs> inning with a no hitter. <laughs> no, the Dodger one was tough too. That that was a weird one because there were a lot of errors. Like even in the eighth inning, uh, there was like the weird play. It was like a dribbler down the first baseline. Tyler Anderson picked it up and like just made a terrible throw, and they gave him the error. But I, I was, I mean, like that was borderline. I thought they might have given. I think it was Taylor Ward. I thought they might have given him the hit just because like it was going to be a tough play regardless. But the throw was, like, so obscene that I guess they just had to give him the air. I mean, it's also Dodger Stadium. So, uh, in that situation, I think they're going to be mining for an air on the score sheet. Uh, so, they found it. You know, Shohei breaks it up with a triple. It's sad because to close that out, you have Mike Trout and Shohei. So, I never really really felt secure with that no-hitter because I'm like, you're facing one of the two better batters that play the game. Like, that, that's a tough position. Uh came up short yeah I I thought the same thing but once he struck out um Trout looking it was like this guy looks dialed like he might he really might close this out and Shohei just gave a classic Shohei swing and it was it was like you could see Mookie like it probably wasn't the best play to try to make this diving catch because you know you don't want it to go past you like in a normal situation say it's like tied you would you wouldn't die for it but he like totally laid out for it, even though there was no chance of him getting it. Um, and allowed Shohei to get to third. But I mean, you that's that one, I felt like you could tell off the bat. You could tell off the bat, like yeah, that's getting down. And it it, it it was terrible, but also that just shows what kind of teammate Mookie Betts is. He's like, I hey, you know do what I can do. Wish you. Would. I mean, Tyler Anderson's been a beast recently, so so he definitely earned that. Uh, wish it would have happened, um, but. What are you going to do? Speaking of beast, I think we move off the uh, sad topic of failed no-hitters and move into uh, our all-star ballots, which we're going to present. Very excited to uh, see where we match up. I imagine we're similar in probably a lot of places. Yeah, I would imagine there's a lot of crossover just by the nature of this. Um, But yeah, I mean, this is the all-star ballot special. Both of our all-star selections through the first half of the season um, so we are going to do catcher through, you know, all the position players, plus a DH, one pitcher and one relief pitcher. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of a lot to do the whole roster because there are a million players. But this should be interesting, James. I, I say I personally think we should go position by position. 
and just like let's do NL pitcher. We both give ours, or and just go down the line one by one. I think that'll be the best way to do it. How do you feel? Yeah, I I agree with that. So how about um, how about we? Do you want to start pitchers NL? Let's start with the National League All Stars. Um, right. Let's go with our starting pitcher for the National League. Who do you think? I mean, to me, no question here. This all-star game is in Los Angeles. I got to give it to the cat. That's Tony Gonsolin. Looks like a beast. Leading and wins. He's got the one four two ERA. Let him start for the city, baby. I never thought Gonsolin would be the uh, NL starter, but I think he deserves it. <laughs> I mean, I'll take that as a homer pick. I do not think Gonsolin will start the all-star game, but it is in L.A., so, I mean, that would be nice to see. I think it's got to be Sandy. It's got to be Sandy. We both picked him as our uh, May pitcher of the month. He's leading all of baseball in innings pitched. He's leading all of baseball in batters faced, and he still has um, an, an ERA under two at one point six eight and a WHIP under one. He's just been totally dominant, despite how poor that team might be. Um, but but even despite how poor the Marlins may be playing. You know, hovering right below 500, he's still six and two. He's just been totally locked down. He leads. Um, he has the best odds to win National League Cy Young. I just think it's got to be Sandy. Uh, how about I'll go catcher now? I I would be surprised if we went different here. Um, but I think the catcher for the National League has to be Wilson Contreras. Um, he's really been the only positive point for the Cubs. This whole season, unfortunately, I would, I can't imagine he stays a Cub, um, if not by the deadline in the off season. This team just isn't a team that's built to win, but he's been incredible with a two seventy seven batting average and OPS at nine forty one, an OPS plus at one sixty one, sixty one percent above league average. He's just good all around. He's really having an incredible season. Yeah, nothing different here. It's got to be Contreras. I mean, he really is the only National League catcher that's standing out or above the crowd. I think they have to ship him at the deadline, and I think we'll talk about this later, but Chicago's been terrible all season, especially terrible recently. I think he gets And One thing I do want to say, just on the starting pitchers, it was a 1A, 1B with Alcantara for me. I think just it being in L.A., and you have Gonson there, he's got wins in ERA. I'll make that. But Sandy Alcantara very much would do it. I would be happy about it. And Contreras, easy. Yeah, and I mean, I, I shouldn't have said the Gonsolin thing is a homer pick. Like, like he leads baseball and hits per nine and, whip, and le- tied for the National League lead and whip and leads MLB and ERA. Like, he's been incredible. But, yeah, so we're both on board with Contreras. I think, I imagine, uh, take us right up the position list to first base I think there's no doubt. I can guarantee we're on the same page. I'll dump it over to you, but I got my guy, Paul DG. I mean, tearing up the league. He's the best player in baseball right now, in my opinion. I mean, I, I always see people on Twitter, like Mets fans, saying Pete Alonzo, which is ridiculous. Um, and I think Mets fans would agree that it's got to be Goldie. I mean, nobody has been better than Paul Goldschmidt, especially since uh, the beginning of May. He's just been on an absolute, absolute tear. So it's got to be Goldie at first base. 
Yeah, no question. I mean, he's on the short list for MVP. He's playing incredible. And I think Peter Alonso probably would be my second pick, but there's a huge gap there. Yeah, I think Goldie is plus 200 to win NL MVP right now. He's the best odds. Um, But how about I go to second? I've got another Cardinal here. I've got Tommy Edmond as starting second base in the All-Star game. I think Tommy Edmond has been, like, sneaky good. I mean, I think he's getting more recognition these days, but... He's tied for the NL lead in stolen bases. He's batting 285. His OPS plus is at 129. I, I really, I think Tommy Edmonds had a fantastic season. I know some people have said Jazz should be here, and I wonder if that's who you picked, but I'm putting my guy Tommy Edmonds at second. You know, I actually have a good amount of names here. This was kind of a tough decision. I, I like Jazz there for the electricity factor, the viewership factor, but I, I really don't think that he's earned uh, a position necessarily here. You know, I'm kind of behind a little bit of uh, if I want to go more of a strategy play or how I want to uh, deal with this, but, you know, I think I'm going to stick with it. I, I agree with you. I like Tommy Edmond there, you know, again, there. You can't even call them homer picks for you because I think Goldman and Edmund, like, they're just, he's the best second baseman to me. Gavin Lux was close there, but that'd be too much homer sauce for me. Uh, and I got a couple more. So, Tommy Edmund, I like it. He's finally getting that recognition. Yeah, and he's played, I think, two-thirds of the games this season at second. He's played a bit at short, as we brought up Nolan Gorman. But, he, you know, he's a reigning gold glove winner at second base. His defense is top, top tier, and his offense has been amazing. He's led off almost every game this season. Um, give me your third baseman, because if we're going in order of position, we go third baseman next. I, I think we'll probably be on the same page here. I imagine, to me, no surprise here. He, he's a huge storyline out of the National League West, shaking those standings up. I got Manny Machado. He's been a beast. For some reason, he's always so much better by himself in Baltimore, in San Diego, without Tatis. He's just like a one-man show, but he's killing it. I think, I imagine that's where you'll be. Yeah, as much as I wish Nolan was in this spot, he just, you know, probably after April, he was there, right? He was April Player of the Month, but it's got to be Manny Machado for the number one team in the NL West as we're recording this episode, the San Diego Padres. Manny Machado has just got to be it. He's batting 322, you know, with a 170 OPS plus 70% better than the league average in a team that I was skeptical coming into the season and without Tatis to be leading the NL West at this point. He's, he's, you know, probably right behind Goldie, if not, you know, behind Mookie too for NL MVP. And if I go to shortstop, this was tough for me. Uh, there, there were a bunch of different guys I wanted to pick. Um, I was thinking about Dansby being in the spot. Um, there was somebody else I was thinking of, but I honestly forget. But I, I'm going Trey Turner. I'm going to give it to your guy, Trey Turner. Um, I mean, he, he's always been good ever since, you know, he kind of broke out in that 2019 season, you could say. He's just been really good this year, batting just under 300 with a 127 OPS plus. Just looking really good, fastest player in the league. Yeah, this one I think may have been the easiest one on the sheet besides Goldie for me. I mean, of course, it's in L.A., a little bit of a homer pick. And I think he's been the best shortstop just for overall contribution. 
doesn't make a lot of errors. He he's, has that speed that's such a weapon. You know, he leads the league in infield singles over the last three years. And he's just been hitting incredibly. I mean, look at the hit streak that he had. And he's had a couple hit streaks already this season. It's got to be Trey Turner. Yeah, I've seen some people say Lindor, um, which I think maybe he deserves some credit. But I just think he's been too up and down. And I'd rather see Trey Turner, who I feel plays much more consistently, be at that shortstop spot. Give me your first outfield position. And in a reminder, the way the ballot works, you get three outfielders, not necessarily left, right, and center. So first outfield spot, James, give me a First outfield spot, again, I'm just going to get it out of the way because it, it was going to be on, has to be on my list, Mookie Betts. I mean, Marcus Lynn Betts is playing out of his mind. A little bit of a dip as of recently in June, but his season stats look incredible. It's in the MVP conversation. He's a stud on defense, stud on the bases, bringing the juice up to 13 home runs. And again, we're in Los Angeles. If you're having an all-star game in Los Angeles, you better pick Marcus Lynn Betts in the damn game. Totally with you. I'll just give mine too. It's, it's, it's gotta be Mookie Betts. I think he's at 13 home runs. He's at 17 home runs. I don't know if you were talking about just last month, but um, yeah, it's, it's gotta be Mookie Betts in that outfield spot. Easy, easiest pick for sure in the national league outfield. Um, yeah, no doubt. I'm going to go next. I think these next two outfield spots are kind of, up for grabs. It was really hard for me to pick between a bunch of different players, but I'm going to give mine to Jock Peterson. I'm going to give him the all-star nod to play one of the outfield positions. He's got a 148 OPS plus, which is very high for him. I would say, I mean, I, I didn't expect him to come out and play this high. His last four seasons, his OPS plus has been under 100. Um, he had that three home run game. and He's just been totally mashing as of late. I, I like giving Jock Peterson the nod. I think he really deserves it. Yeah, I, I mean, interesting pick. I, I looked at Peterson a tiny bit, but I really did not consider him too much for my outfield. I think this is a pick that it's a little bit. I don't know if I would say shocking. I don't think it's necessarily dropping, but a player I don't think about too much, but I just think it's been solid all season, big part of his club success, and that's Jeff McNeil. I'm giving McNeil the nod out of left field. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Even though his primary position is second, I think you can play with it a little bit. That's Jeff McNeil, you know, a little bit on. of strategy. I know he logs some games at left, uh, not a lot, but that's kind of where I'm going. I After we get through it, I'll explain some of the uh, reasons that have me a little bit worried uh, in that National League outfield. <laughs> yeah, I, I want some viewers to tell us what you think of that Jeff McNeil outfield pick. But I'm my third outfielder, um, or, or let me throw it back to you. Give me your third outfielder first. I think keep keep the way we've been doing it. Uh, this is another one where I struggle, and we may have to have an eligibility conversation. All right. I, I mean, I think we already had one with Jeff McNeil. Let's hear this. <laughs> I, I'm going Bryce Harper. The eligibility conversation to me is around the fact that he can't actually play in the field. I don't know if he'll be on pace for the All-Star game. I think he will be back, though, which is why I went with the selection. 
but I want to asterisk that he may not be able to field. That's interesting. I mean, I'll give a little teaser. I also have Bryce Harper. I mean, Bryce Harper is an absolute starter, but I have Bryce Harper as my DH, which is the primary position he's been playing. And I mean, you know, he's borderline that NL MVP conversation too. Absolutely an all-star starter. He's my DH, but let me give you my last all-star or outfield spot. I'm going Juan Soto. Um, I wanted to do Acuna, but I just felt like he didn't have enough appearances, right? He just came back, even though he's batting 400 and the Braves are on a 15-game win streak. I just think he, he hasn't played enough of the season to get the nod. So although Juan Soto isn't having a Juan Soto-type year yet, his numbers are still great. I mean, his OPS plus, I know I've been using that stat a lot, but it's a 141. He's 41% above the league average. The Nationals are terrible. His batting average is a little bit low, but he's still slugging the ball and getting extra base hits. I want to see Juan Soto in my outfield. So just to build off that, I like the Juan Soto pick. Ronald Acuna is pretty much the reason Jeff McNeil ended up in my outfield. I had the exact same hesitation. I love the stats. I love the celebrity I think he's great for baseball. It's just like, hey, you're playing incredible. Not a big enough sample size to so give it to Jeff. Got more hits. And I like the Bryce at DH. Bryce would have been my DH, except for the reason, which I hope stirs up controversy, which is my oh, DH pick. Let, let's hear it. I mean, I already gave Bryce his mine. You've already been stirring up so much controversy with this. Like, give me your DH. It's very controversial, I'll say that, but I think, (laughs) and Manny Machado talked about this, I think we need to pay homage, talk about the run. I have Albert in my DH. I, you know, I understand the stats don't pin him there. You're taking someone who has better stats and could be there. But if you look, I think Albert Pujols is the best player over the last 15 years in baseball. I think that not enough people are talking about it, and we send it out with a bang. Hey, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I I love the pick. I mean... We saw it in the NBA, I think, 2019 or 2018, Dirk and D. Wade got the nod. Who wouldn't love to see Albert start in the All-Star game? But he definitely doesn't necessarily deserve it by his on-the-field play. But I, I love the pick. Finally, give me your relief pitcher. Who, who's going to be you know, closing it or, or coming out of the pen? This one's tough. couple different options that I could have gone with. You know, I think there's a guy who, I, you know, I don't want to pick him, but I almost think you have to. It's such an easy pick. He's injured on a 10-day. He should be back for the All-Star game. That's Josh Hader. I mean, he was on a tear. That, you know, I don't want to pick him because it's almost so easy, but at a certain point, like, you had to shape up and be a little realistic. I have Josh Hader, just the best relief pitcher in baseball. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that is an obvious pick. I went, I went somewhere differently. I went with the Cardinal. I went with Ryan Helsley. Um, I've talked about him a little bit, but, I mean, this dude has been insane. 25 innings pitched. He's only given up six hits, one earned run. His ERA is at 0.36, and his whip is at, one, at, is at 0.5. He's just been lights out. And this is a guy that throws super hard, like 103, 104. I was not a fan of his last year. I felt like he was totally out of control, um, could never find the zone, but he has totally honed it in and really been completely unhittable. I mean, six hits this year, 
in um, 21 games played or games appeared in is, is just fantastic. So I'm giving my nod to Ryan Helsley. So that wraps up the National League All-Star picks. I'm excited to post these graphics on Twitter and see what the people think, Jim. Yeah, I will say Ryan Helsley had my nod. He was my next up candidate. I, I just kind of struggled with already having, you know, Goldschmidt in there and Edmund in there. And now Albert, I'm like, gee, my entire thing is the Cardinals Dodgers uh, lineup. <laughs> so, you know, had to switch that up a little bit uh, there. But I agree. I think pretty reasonable to have him in the conversation. Well, both of our teams, our favorite teams are in the National League. Let's turn it to the American League. Um, this should be this should be interesting. You've already stirred up so much controversy, throwing players all over the place. Let's do it again. Let's start at pitcher. I kind of think we might go the same way, but we'll see. Who's your American League starting pitcher in the All Star game? This one was tough. I will lead with. I don't think this is going to be as controversial as a whole. Uh, much more standard here. The pitcher position was one of the tougher ones for me to field. I'm going to go Alex Manoa. He's been just deadly recently. Pretty much every time he suits up, the Jays are going to win. He's got the sub two ERA. And there's a, a couple really good options for your American League starter. I'm giving the nod to Manoa. I, I think Alec Manoa is a good pick. Um, I, I, I think he's, I mean, obviously he's been totally incredible. I, I went a little bit differently. I went with Nasty Nestor. Um, I'm putting Nestor Cortez as my all-star starter. I just love this guy. I mean, his his up-and-down story in the league, being cut and re-signed and moving all over, and now coming in, having an ERA under two, a whip under one, an ERA plus at 195. He's just been lights out. He's had a, he's had a couple rough starts as of late, but I, I just want to see Nasty and Nestor start the all-star game. I think that'd just be incredible. Yeah, I think he would have asked me two weeks ago. I would have gone in that direction. Could you imagine if it happened, though, and it was Tony, Tony Gonsolin versus Nasty Nestor? I mean, that is quite the starting pitching matchup for an all-star game. Yeah, imagine if there were, like, odds preseason. You could parlay the two of them to start in the all-star game. Oh, man. Let me go um, Let me go catcher here. I think there were two options I really saw here, um, but I'm going to go with somebody who was my player of the week, couple weeks ago that's the Blue Jays starting catcher Alejandro Kirk um he's just been great he's batting 318 his OPS is just under 900 he's a great catcher um he's in the 91 first percentile in framing I, I think he's good on both sides of the plate and on that Blue Jays team like he's not only was somewhat of a surprise right you know when you talk about that offense you've got Vlad you've got Bo Bichette George Springer, all the last year All Star Teoscar Hernandez, even Matt Chapman. He's not really this offensive weapon you bring up, and I think he will. Be, I think he'll definitely be an All Star, but he might be, you know, the only All Star starter from this team. He's just been such a weapon, both as catcher and he's played DH a little bit to let Jansen's um, catch too. Just such a great weapon. Um, he's my starting catcher. I'm right there with you. I, I love the pick. He can pretty much do it all outside of base path slash speed. Uh, again, I think that's in some ways an, an advantage. He's one of the more hilarious players to just watch play baseball because he's so good, and you would not assume he was good. But he, great framing, as you mentioned. Pretty much best hitting catcher 
by most standards, most metrics, just on a tear. Huge part of the Blue Jays kind of staying in this conversation. I love the pick. Never would have assumed the AL starting catch would be Kirk, but I think he earns it. Yeah, right? Like, you would have never never picked him to start. And, yeah, I mean, he's not very fast at all, but he definitely deserves the nod. Give me your first baseman. This one was easy for me. You know, it's a team. I drafted them as my second favorite, my backup, my emergency dogs. I got to go with Ty France. I mean, he's looked great all season. Pretty much been start to finish the best player for the Mariners. Other players have kind of up and down, up and down. He's been consistent. He's crushing the baseball. Another guy I could have gotten weird with because he technically has played enough different positions that I could get him all over. I want him at first. Yeah, I, I went Ty France too. Um, I think he just, I think he deserves the, the nod. He's been one of the biggest bright spots for the Mariners this season. Um, and he, again, he wasn't one of those players that got a lot of recognition when we talked about the Mariners preseason, just because, um, you know, we had this Jesse Winker trade. We had all this, these different types of things going on, but I, I like Todd, uh, excuse me. Ty France starting at first base. I mean, his numbers are incredible. He's played every single game this season for the Mariners. Um, so it's got to be Ty France. Let me go to second base. I'm curious to see. I, <laughs> I, I can't imagine you picked Altuve here. I would just be shocked given your standing. I'm going with uh, the first Cleveland player I've got. I'm going Andreas Jimenez. He's just been totally great. I love his defense. I think every time a ball's hit to him, he totally seems in control. He knows where to go. And his offense, which was probably the bigger question mark coming into the season, has been incredible. I mean, if you look at 2021, his OPS plus was 73. Right now it's 142, 42% above the league average. He's batting 302 with a 337 on base. He's just been really, really, really good. And I think he's been good enough to deserve the nod at second base. And I, I really don't think that's a hot take. I've seen a lot of people's ballots and they have him there. Um, I think Altuve would be the choice right behind him because he has had a great season. But give me Jimenez at second. I like the pick. Uh, you would be very correct I'm not going within a 10-foot pole of Jose Altuve unless I can guarantee there would be a trash can at Dodger Stadium. You don't know what kind of hitter you're getting. I don't want him. Not touching him. I like Jimenez. I almost went there. I did a little bit of a surgical lineup again. You know, this guy doesn't always start in this position, but he's okay. got it there. It's a guy that I think has played really well this season, deserves to be there. I'm going Luis Arias, Minnesota yep. Twins. I think he, you know, a little bit more of a realistic lineup stretcher, but he's been incredible, huge part of the twin success uh, this season and keeping them on top of that American League Central. Yeah, I mean, he has the best batting average and best on-base percentage in all of baseball. So, I mean, he, he definitely deserves the nod, too. Um, give me your third baseman. You want to go shortstop first? Or, uh, sorry, third, sorry. I don't know why I jumped in my head. I mean, third You're baseman good. first. Uh, this one was another easy one. I mean, I mean, I guess there's a couple options. I want Xander Bogarts. I mean, I think he's been <laughs> the wince. I wish that we could see your face, the wince on it. 
I feel like Xander's been really nice all season. He's locked it in, and he has been one of the consistent players for the Red Sox throughout a uh, roller coaster. Wait, hold on. Xander is your third baseman? Oh, sorry. I read my sheet wrong again. No, I uh, do not. I'm cutting No, let's just go short. We'll stay the shortstop. Okay. We'll keep it. Yeah, go shortstop. I've, I've talked myself into a blender here, Max. Uh, we definitely talk in shortstop. Xander Bogarts is my starting shortstop. No lineup uh, surgery there. I'm with you, too. I have Xander at shortstop. Um, the, the reason I said that is because, like, Devers is, is the third baseman for the Red Sox. Right. Um, but, yeah. Xander, he's got to be the starting shortstop. He's been tremendous. We talked about the Cardinals rumors, so we talked about him a little bit there. Um, I mean, the dude's batting 335. He's been just, you know, almost an MVP caliber player um, if there wasn't like Judge or some of these other players in the American League. Xander's just been incredible, definitely deserves the nod. I'll kick us off at third base. The reason I winced is because I I just, I think this guy's got to be it. Um it's got to be Jose. Give me Jose Ramirez starting at third base. This dude has just been, you know, one of the, if not the best hitter in all of baseball. If you compare his stats with Aaron Judge, they're very, very similar, despite the home run count for Judge. I mean, Jose Ramirez still leads all of the majors in RBIs at 62. His OPS is still above one. He's just been so good for the Guardians, especially if you look at this recent sweep in um, Denver, which we'll talk about because, of course, it was my lock of the week. Um, he had a four-for-four four game. He, he got another hit today. I think he's on a 10-game or 11-game hit streak right now. Jose Ramirez, give me two Guardians in the starting infield for the American League. Yeah, no question there. Third base, I have Jose. I mean, I think that, that and Goldie, two easiest, no-doubt players. He's been a monster, huge part of Cleveland, you know, really making some moves uh, as of late. Two games back from uh, taking the uh, division lead there. He's a huge part of it. He's got to be third. Bogart's at short. I now understand the wins because I have my sheet written, you know, like a lineup card, first, second, third. And then you're like, oh, jump down, and it is screwed in my head. Bogart's Jose, left side of that infield, I think is pretty much a lock for most people. Yeah, I, I would say it should be. I've seen a lot of people have Devers there, and Devers has had a great season, but it's it's just got to be Jose if we're looking at if we're looking at numbers. Um, give me your first outfield spot. Look, I think this is the one everyone knows penciled in there, so I'm just going to lead with it. Yeah. Got to go, Aaron Judge. I mean, he's on an MVP race, having what might be one of the best pre-contract years in baseball history. He's on a tear. He's obviously getting a start. Yeah, it's Judge. I mean, the dude's on pace for 65 home runs. He's um, even odds to win American League MVP. He's, I mean, like an absolute, absolute lock. He's probably going to be the top vote getter. Aaron Judge is absolutely an all-star starter. Um, let me turn to my next one. Um, I, I These next two spots also I think were a little bit interesting. Um, I'm going Mike Trout, though. I think, you know, the Angels have had their struggles. We've noted it well in the past couple weeks. But Mike Trout still has incredible numbers. 15 home runs, an OPS over one. Um, he's, he's still Mike Trout. He's still one of the greatest players in the history of the game. He's got to be an all-star starter. 
I'll uh, already break the news. I do not have Mike Trout in my outfield. A big reason why was because of his teammate who I'm going to be taking. That's Taylor Ward. I mean, I think no one really expected him to go off this season. And he, again, another guy with over the one OPS. Just having a monster year, and while the Angels have been questionable lately, I think he was a huge piece of keeping them in that conversation. That's an interesting pick. I I almost had him scratched in for my third outfield spot, but I ended up removing him because I, I just, I don't know. I, I didn't think it, but yeah, okay. Ward over Trout, interesting choice. Give me your third and final outfield spot. And this is where it probably gets controversial. You know, again, I like the pick. I think it's someone who's not had, they, they've had a great season and it's been undercovered. That's J.D. Martinez. It may be questionable, a little bit lower of an OPS than Trout, but the average is just unreal. I mean, he's been brutalizing the baseball. I I have J.D. Martinez. I know there may be some scrutiny there, but I feel confident in the pick, and I want him in my all-star lineup. That's fair. So you have him in the outfield, J.D. Martinez? Yes, I have J.D. Martinez playing left field, a little bit questionable of a uh, defense out there. I'm surprised you didn't go with the guy that I'm going to go with. Your preseason American League MVP pick, Byron Buxton. Um, I think he's deserves the nod. I know he missed a little bit of time, but this will be the last time I'll bring up the OPS plus number, but he's got a 150 OPS plus OPS uh, 50% above league average. He's got a great um, wins above replacement. I, I like Byron Buxton to start in the outfield. I think he deserves it. Um, I know his batting average was low, but he reminds me of kind of the Juan Soto pick in the National League. Similar type numbers. But, I mean, Buxton does so much to help that team win, and the Twins have been maybe performing above average. I mean, they've been, they've been playing really well, and Buxton's a big part of that. So give me Buxton to round out my outfield. Yeah, I really wanted to squeeze Buxton in there, but you kind of touched on it. He's doing a lot, but I I just couldn't take that batting average. I mean, he's sub-250 right now. It's hard for me to take that to the uh, All-Star game. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I How about I give you my DH first? I think, I mean, unless you're uh, – no, you're – I well, I don't know. You've been all over the place. My DH has got to be Jordan Alvarez. Um, and maybe you won't pick him because you've got that Astros hatred, which is rightfully so. But Alvarez wasn't a part of that team. He signed a massive contract. He's been just ripping, ripping the ball. I think he still leads the MLB in hard hit rate. He's batting over 300. Just a total animal out there. Jordan's got to be the starting DH. You know, this is a tough one for me. Because, obviously, it's a spot that's open. I could put the uh, goat in there, check that box. You know, you want to have – hard to have an all-star game without Mike Trout on the field when healthy. And Houston is a garbage to your franchise. No morals, no values. But I have to go against that. And that's because, first of all, he wasn't on that team, as you mentioned. You know, he was drafted the year after – in 2019 or in the 2019 draft, he, you know, he's fine. And he's been incredible. I mean, I think it would be criminal to not recognize that he's by far been the best DH in baseball. No question. I mean, he's crushing the baseball. 
just on a tear, you said the numbers, the hard hit rate, the average, just a monster, monster hitter. That's fair. Yep. How about um, let's wrap it up. The last spot, James, give me your reliever. Um, I'm interested to see where you go here. You know, a couple directions here. To me, it's a player I talked about pretty recently. I'm going Clay Holmes on the Yankees. You know, he's come in, he's thrown just really incredible when no one was expecting him to and to step up and kind of cover for Chapman. And, you know, he's got 31 innings pitched. Uh, he's just got a great ERA on the season. I'm trying to pull that up real quick um, as I'm talking through it. But that's Clay Holmes to me. He's been the guy in the American League just shutting things down for the uh, Yankees recently. 0.29 ERA, 0.68 whip. That's over 31 innings pitch. I mean, just video game numbers. I think the sample size is large enough. And, yeah, I, there's not much to say here. I just think he's he's been the best. Yeah, I mean, this is the Yankees' closer for the future. I, I'm totally in agreement with you. He should get the nod as, you know. I mean, he will, but if we're picking one relief pitcher, yeah, give me Clay Holmes. I think he should remain as the Yankees' closer even when Chapman comes back. It's, you can't not give it to him. I mean, he has been so electric. We talked about Josh Hader's 40-inning scoreless streak. Clay Holmes is up to 30 straight innings without giving up a run. Um, he's been really, really, really good, almost unhittable um, for the New York Yankees, the red-hot New York Yankees. Clay Holmes, I mean, James, those are our all-star starters, um, plus a relief pitcher, I guess. Lots of agreement, some disagreement, which I think is good. Threw some players all over the place. But, I mean, how do you feel overall? I mean, I feel like we both got some good rosters lined up. Yeah, I mean, obviously when you're getting to pick, you know, the best of the best, you're going to get a pretty nasty lineup no matter how weird you go around crafting it. Honestly, a little bit more agreement than I thought there in some places where I thought there was a couple other directions. So happy with that. And then obviously some of my picks, I knew there would be disagreement. I probably would have fainted if Jeff McNeil touched your team. (laughs) Yeah, definitely if I put him in the outfield. But um, I mean, that was fun. I'm I'm very excited to see um, what, what the actual starters are and everybody that gets the nod. I know a lot of people have been tweeting their rosters at us. Um, And, you know, we've been seeing a lot of people's rosters on the baseball Twitter. It's fun to see. Some people are trolling. I saw somebody at Lars Newbar on their starting lineup, which I love to see, but we can't get behind. Um, it's it's a fun time of the year, and we are about a month away from the Midsummer Classic in the American League versus the National League. It should be a great time. Obviously, it's go National League, you know, rooting interest there. But we'll see how it plays. It'll be interesting to look back and see what our percentage was of actually correct picks. I imagine this is going to be higher. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Mine will be higher because no way Albert starts at DH. I'm sorry, but Jeff McNeil is not going to be starting in the outfield. (laughs) Um, And I mean, but I mean, who knows? Who knows what will happen? I could see Altuve starting, which would, I guess, knock both of us. Um, But I mean, some of the consensus picks I just think are locks. But I think the American League outfield, we could see some some differences between us, right? I have Trout and Buxton. You have Ward. And uh, who else do you have? 
Yeah, Judge Ward and JD Martinez. Oh yeah, JD. I I I don't think he'll start either. But you know, everybody has their own opinion. Um, but how about we get to some more current stuff, James? I mean, we have our three Thursday staples. We have spicy and dicey, lock of the week, and a preview of this week's Sunday night baseball. Um, spicy and dicey, James. One of the classic segments for rounding third of the baseball podcast. One team that's hot, one team that's not. James, give me your spicy team. There's actually a couple ways you could go. I think the most obvious one I'm going to avoid just because, you know, we did a uh, segment, you know, and we we talked about them last week. I think I want to avoid the Braves. Still leaves a lot of good options left, but I think this is kind of a no doubt for me. You know, I follow the National League West very closely. I have to go San Diego Padres. Just got the tough news that Tatis is not on schedule with his healing regime. A little bit more delayed on the comeback. Doesn't seem to be a problem. Four-game win streak. They're 8-2 and two over the last 10. Now they're two games uh, – or sorry, not two games back. They are up on the Dodgers – in the NL West, they passed them two games up on them, 41 wins. I think it's got to be the Padres just cooking recently. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I think you deserve some credit for giving them the nod despite them overtaking the, um, the Dodgers. I mean, they just totally annihilated, crucified the, the Cubs and Wrigley. I mean, it was one of the ugliest series there have been in a while. I mean, I think they put up 16 runs the other day. Just totally disgusting. Um, so I like the Padres pick. Coming into this, I was planning on talking about the Braves, but I think you made a good point. I mean, the Braves got enough talk. I mean, they've won 15 straight games, and that's incredible. And the Braves deserve all the credit. But if I'm looking at their their schedule, which I think this is a little bit unfair because winning 15 straight is amazing, but three against the Nationals, four against the Pirates, two against the Athletics, four against the Rockies, and then one against the D-backs. I mean, that's like picking the, the five worst teams in baseball and then beating the shit out of them. Um, but I'm going to go with a team that I think, you know, I might have picked them last week. I really might have. But I live in Cleveland. I'm going the Guardians. This team has really, really picked it up. I mean, they're looking like a playoff team right now. Um, they own the third playoff spot right now. They passed the Red Sox today, who have been playing great. The Guardians, as of today, would make the playoffs. They are five games over 500. If you listen back to our AL Central preview, I mean, both of us were totally down on this team, especially you. I mean, I was giving them a little credit, and you kind of went in and talked about how bad they're going to be. And certainly nobody expected um, a lot of these young guys to come up. Stephen Kwan made an unbelievable game-saving catch yesterday. Oscar Gonzalez is setting Cleveland records. Richie Palacios has been great. Some of these um, pitchers coming in. Tristan McKenzie has one of the best whips in all of baseball. And if you look at their um, their record, they're eight and two in their last ten. They swept the Rockies three straight. They uh, won three out of four against the Athletics at home. They won two out of three against the Rangers at home. They won two out of three against the Orioles. They swept the Royals. 
I really, really like this team. And, I mean, don't sleep on them. Well, you know, when you get to the postseason, anything can happen. And this is really a team whose bats can light up. So I got to give a nod to the Cleveland Guardians. I love the pick there. You know, not only are they in a playoff spot now, they're only two games back of catching the Twins, taking over the rain in the Central. They were right there on that big board with me, too. I'm happy you made the pick. You know, I think the Braves, like, yes, they won 15 in a row. They're obviously the hottest team. Easy pick there. So they kind of get it. And, again, the Yankees, 9-1 and one over their last 10, looked incredible. But it's what I expect. They're winning at, a, like, a 77% win percentage on the year. It's like – it's what you it's when I see it and I see the standings and it's up there eight and two last ten nine and one it doesn't surprise me that's why the Yankees aren't getting the love there not because I don't think they deserve it it's it's just too expected yeah I mean the, the, it's like we said we wouldn't pick the Reds of the dicey team just because they're not good it's like it's it's quite a um, achievement to get to that point in the spiciness <laughs> where you're so good that, you know, it's not even worth mentioning. I mean, the Yankees are just, they are just incredible. I mean, they really are the best team in baseball right now. They look unbeatable, right? The Rays come in, one of their AL East rivals, you know, the Rays who always find ways to win are in the wild card spot. Yankees just take care of business. No problem. Two zero four three, and they're playing game three of the series right now. Um, yeah, I mean, Yankees are great. How about your bad team? How about who's dicey for you? You know, on this side of things, I think there's a pick that we've talked about. Makes sense. It's been a segment, lots of conversation around it. So I'm going to avoid that kind of for the same reason I avoided the Braves. I'm actually going to go into the Mary Poppins bag of terrible teams that are almost ineligible for spicy. But in this case, I'm going to pull dicey. it out. That that Sorry, dicey. And uh, they're definitely ineligible for spicy, like extra, almost ineligible for uh, dicey as well. I'm pulling out the Chicago Cubs. Ten-game losing streak. You just had a home weekend series and just got battered, just beat around by San Diego, who's just jumping standings, padding their run differential. I mean, we knew the Cubs weren't going to be great. But you knew they had some pieces. Again, this is still the Chicago Cubs, you know, huge baseball mecca. I mean, they are the terrible, 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 just looking brutal out there. I'm with you. Um, I, I had to go with the Cubs as well. It's hard not to pick them right now. Um, this team is just, I mean, they, they really are competing with the Reds for the worst record in the NL Central. I mean, this team has... Not a lot going for them. Contreras has been great. I mean, right, we talked about him as an all-star starter. Even Ian Happ has been really good. Patrick Wisdom has been okay. Seiya Suzuki has missed a lot of time. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of hope around him. And Christopher Morrell has been a real bright spot. Um, you know, the, he's a good young player coming up that maybe gives this team some hope for the future. But this team sold everybody last year. I think they'll go on another selling spree here before the deadline, getting rid of Contreras, Wisdom, Hap. And, I mean, this team, 10 straight losses. Their last win was in game one of a doubleheader against the Cardinals when they played that five-game set. Um, since then, Cardinals won game two of that doubleheader. Cardinals won Sunday Night Baseball that week. They lost a one-gamer against the Orioles lost three straight to the Yankees and four straight to the Padres. Good opponents. They're good teams, but 
this team is just really in no man's land and really struggling. Yeah, I, I, it's just it's hard not to pick them again. You want to avoid it, but when when you have that sort of historic reputation, you can't like go this far off the map. And again, you talk about the Cubs and the Reds competing for that bottom spot in the NL Central. Well, that is a great, huge championship game for Biggest Loser that we get to watch at the Field of Dreams. I mean, just, I, I still, it boils my blood that you're taking two of the worst teams in baseball. And Dude, that I was my favorite. Game. I hate the fact that you just reminded me of how terrible that is. I can't believe after, oh my God, I could just rant about this. After such an electric Yankees-White Sox classic one of the most viewed MLB games, regular season games ever, with a Tim Anderson walk-off blast, right? We got a Stanton blast. We got a Judge blast. Absolutely electric. You're going to follow it up with Cubs-Reds? Like, are you out of your mind? Like, let's can, can we not change that? Can we really not change that? Like, why can't MLB just change who's going to play? Is it really that binding? I mean... It is just, like, why would I want, like, I won't even watch this stupid game. I don't want to see, like, old-ass Kyle Hendricks play against Hunter Green. And it's just, oh, my God, it drives me crazy. It's so stupid. They're also rewarding two teams who just sold. They're like, oh, sell your roster, tank, awesome, you can play in this huge game. Again, it's like, why can't we get Yankees-Angels, you know? There's so many better combinations you could form. And it's just incredible. MLB is partially dicey just for making that. So, again, like, what is the legality on this? You can't just be like, well, you both suck. So we're going to be taking our talents in a different direction in Iowa. I'm looking right now. So I'm looking. So they play on August 12th um, is the Field of Dreams game, allegedly, although I'm not seeing it listed. Um Wait, hold on one second. Let me just look this up. Field of Dreams game 2022 is August 11th. So August 11th is a Thursday. The other games they could choose from, I mean, and every single one of these would be a better option. They've got Marlins, Phillies, eh. Guardians, Tigers, no. White Sox, Royals, no. Rangers, Astros, no. Cardinals, Rockies, no. Pirates, D-backs, no. Orioles, Red Sox, no. I mean, and then Cubs, Reds. What a terrible day of baseball that is. <laughs> that's brutal. Is that the full list of matchups on that? Thursday? Those are all the games that day, yeah. See, that's the problem. Thursday's that travel day a lot to get into your weekend. Uh, see, God, that is, I guess maybe that is why they selected the Reds, Cubs, because that may be the best attempt for viewership. But, I mean, what do we do? And move the day? <laughs> like, it can't yeah, be really. Iowa. Yeah. Like, Maybe Hunter Green will throw a perfect game or something. That, I mean, I think that would be about the best entertainment we could get. And that'd be such a crazy experience. Uh, it'd be such an opposite of the home run derby that we watched in the corn last year. We should start a <laughs> petition. Rounding third is going to lead a petition initiative to uh, change the field of dream games. We're trying to get this on Bettman's desk. Sign in the link below or on our Twitter. I love it. Um, let's go to lock of the week, James. Um, this is interesting. Uh, you know, I even looked at our last episode to try to remember what you picked. Oh yeah. You picked Dodgers in the first game against the angels. So you got the win. 
I also got the win. I picked Guardians to win the series against the Rockies. I didn't even need to see the game today. They won the first two. They ended up sweeping the Rockies. That's three wins each for us. Um, so how are you following up your win this I mean, week? Yeah, we're, we're still even. Nice. Another, you know, back-to-back double win in the same week for rounding third. So it's a good week for us. It was a sweat for me in this game. I had... Dodgers, the final line I got was Dodgers minus one and a half. Actually got it at plus 104. So very, very tiny positive odds. But I'll take the plus betting on the Dodgers at home. And I had them at one and a half. It was a one to zero game into the bottom of the eighth inning. And I'm like, I'm really going to lose this by this point five. Like, are you kidding? Mookie Betts saves the day, hits a solo blast. We get two runs up. I'm feeling confident again. Craig Krimble, I'm like, okay, we're good. No sweat. Just get it done. Loads the bases up, and I'm, like, shitting bricks. I'm like, this can't happen. Sack fly. Like, this is going to be terrible. Escapes the jam. It was electric. Got the win. I was very excited about it. Yeah, it was good to see us both get a win. Um, I like these series bets that I've been doing. I I think I've had a little bit of success with them. Um, I, I will say I didn't end up looking at the odds for the Guardians Rockies. I I don't know. I, I'll have to go back and look what the odds were because Guardians are the better team, but it was in Denver. So, you know, I, I'm not sure what the odds there were. But this week I've got something, um, you know, I'm going to go with another series bet. Um, I'm going to take the Yankees, who obviously are great, but I think I might get decent odds here because they're traveling to Toronto in a big AL East matchup, Yankees versus Blue Jays, a series. There are so many great series this weekend. Um, This Cardinals at Fenway, Guardians, Dodgers, so many good stuff. um, But I'm going to take the Yankees to win the series against Toronto. I think Toronto's been struggling. They got shelled today by the Orioles. Um, I will see what the odds are and make sure Everybody knows on Twitter. It's, I mean, Yankees got to be favored, but it's going to be tight, I would guess. But give me Yankees in the series against Toronto, trying to win. I think three bets in a row, maybe two. But that's that's very interesting to me. I like the thought. I think you will end up with positive odds on that. You generally do as the away team in a series. It's only interesting to me because that exact series was my runner-up bet. Except I had the other side of it. I thought Toronto defends Roger Center. Now, that's not my lock of the week, but just interesting that we almost ended up on the opposite side, which I'm half tempted to do for the content would be incredible because one of us would get the win, one would get the loss, and it would shake the standings. But I have to go with a game that I'm comfortable with, a matchup I feel like I almost handpicked. I am going, I don't know why I didn't get the date down with this. Let me check and confirm when this uh, game is going down just to make sure that I have it. But I have the Marlins at City Field. I believe it should be the Saturday game. Let me confirm real quick. No, is it Sunday? It's either Sunday or Thursday. Okay, it's the Sunday game. Here we go. Love this matchup. You have the Marlins at City Field. You got Sandy, my guy Sandy, loving going up against Chris Bassett, who, by the way, got the help of me making him my, like, rounded third player watch, negative player. 
great bounce back game since I declared him, you know, the bad player watch. But I think on the year, he's been a little, you know, spotty recently. Sandy's been on an absolute tear. I expect him to shut things down at City Field. I'm taking Marlins. I like to take the run line. I'm not that confident. I'm just going outright money line. Give me the Marlins on the road. I'm hoping to get positive odds on that. I like it. I, I'm sure you'll get positive odds. I know Sandy's pitching, but, I mean, Bassett's been great, and it's in City Field, and the Mets are terrific. So you'll probably get positive odds. I would guess, I don't know. I bet Mets are, like, minus 140, minus 130 maybe in that game. Um, but should be good. Finally, Sunday Night Baseball. I didn't skip it. Almost did. Almost forgot yeah. it again. This will be the third American League matchup of uh, Sunday Night Baseball this season. We've seen so many um, National League matchups. You know, the Cardinals have played two or three. Mets and Phillies play every single week. Um, You know, we started with Yankees-Red Sox week one, and we got a Yankees-White Sox game as well in there. But this week, a little bit different. You know, I I feel like we're so used to – getting like, I don't know, it just seems like we've always got the Mets in there or always some NLEs team or the Cardinals. But this week we've got White Sox Astros in Houston, which, you know, I love watching games on TV played in Houston. I just think, I don't know, the ambiance and and the the ballpark looks great on TV, and I'm sure it looks great in person too. White Sox starters undecided, but the Houston starter, Christian Javier, um, who's had a pretty good season with 3.2 ERA and 1.16 whip, um, it'll be the finale of this series, obviously, the finale of the week in baseball. I'm excited to see it. Lots of star players on both sides. Yeah, I, you know, I echo that. I think of the last month or so, probably the matchup I'm most looking forward to in Sunday Night Baseball. Just some teams that I don't always get to uh, catch. They both play really exciting baseball. I'm expecting some fireworks, and uh, hopefully we just get a great game. I feel like the White Sox normally – play pretty well in prime time. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the Field of Dreams game. They definitely played well there. I mean, the Astros have been playing on the big stage for five years, six years now. So, I mean, who who's your pick? Just give me your pick. Who do you think is going to win? I'm going Houston. I just think they're the better team and at home. But Well, who I want to win and who will win are very different. I think Houston does probably take care of business. Although I will be rooting for the White Sox anytime Houston loses. I think that's normally generally a good thing. Yeah, and so the the series starts tomorrow. Giolito is pitching for the White Sox tomorrow, and Johnny Cueto is pitching on Saturday. So Sunday, we might get uh, Lance Lynn. We could get Dylan Cease. Both would be good to see. I know Lance Lynn got in like a fight in his first start back with the third base coach. I'd like to see Dylan Cease. I think he's awesome. Um, but it should be a fun one. Did you one. see, just while you're on it, did you see what Lance Lynn said after the game, what the fight was about? No, I didn't. <laughs> so Lance Lynn, obviously he was either frustrated with one of two things. One, him just not having his best ball, you know, like just throwing ahead of a wall. But he also could have been upset because there was a couple little bloopers that were just shift beaters. So could have been upset with the shift, but he came out and said, uh, well, we were arguing about state cuts. He's more of a filet guy. I'm more of a ribeye guy. And then the coach, they asked the coach and he answered, he goes, I'm a pescatarian. I don't even eat steak. 
So is uh, Lance Lynn is always given funny type interviews like that. So great situation. Felt like I had to call out, but I've they hugged it out. For Lance Lynn. I've got a soft spot for Lance Lynn. He was on the Cardinals roster uh, around the early 2010s. I, I think he was on the 2011 World Series roster, but I, I got to double check that. Um, but I don't know. I'm excited for the Sunday Night Baseball. Um, this was a fun episode, James. It was fun to break down our all-star picks. Um, if you guys have been following us on Twitter, you know we're making a lot of moves. Um, we've got some daily recap graphics coming out. We're going to get some graphics out for the all-star Um and also Spicy Dicey, Lock of the Week, Player Watch. We'll get some stuff out there. We're always talking to um, some fans in the baseball community chat we're in and also on our main page. Love watching baseball. Love tweeting out clips and talking to you guys. Yeah, get on the Twitter, you know, just trying to build a community here. Uh, a lot of great content. And I'm interested to see the uh, backlash to my picks. I knew it was a little uh, controversial. So let me know what you think. Jeff McNeil, baby. Take me home. Awesome. It's a fun episode, episode 44. Talk to you guys later.